Hey, uh, welcome to Church on the North Coast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, a couple of things we want to get started. Uh, we want to do before we get started today. Um, of course, we want to receive the offering today. I, I just want to tell you um, how, how incredibly uh, blessed we are at Church on the North Coast to be able to do what we do on the scale of which we do it. Uh, you know, one of our visions for our people is that they would be debt-free. And over the course of uh, the last uh, seven days, we have, in the tune of $10,000, a lot, you know, given back to our congregation. We want to we give this year to our community of faith, our, our congregation, we want to give a million dollars. And we want to give a million, yeah, it's a big deal, it's a big deal. And... Uh, we just believe that we, we live by seed and never by need at Church on the North Coast. Uh, we don't, we don't, so we don't, we don't see needs as problems. We see needs as seeds. And I promise you, if you learn to look at your life that way, if you look at problems as seeds to sow into, then suddenly you, you, you dominate the game and you manipulate the board in your favor, and the king of all glory begins to operate on your behalf because he will not be in debt to any man. And so we're so thankful to be able to do what we do uh, here at Church on the North Coast. I thank you for your continued support of our ministry, uh, continuing to support the vision of God for Northeast Ohio. We believe that this church is what heaven will look like when we get there. Do you believe that? Yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to rebuke a spirit of heaviness in the room. Can you feel it? Yeah, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. You agree with me? Raise your hand if you agree with me. I just rebuke that spirit right now in Jesus' name. And I, I command clarity to come to you right now. All disorientation, all distraction leave you right now. And I command demons and spirits of principality of distraction. Open the door for me back there. Open the door. Open the door. Somebody go open the door. Open the door right now. Open that door. Open that door. Open that door over there. And just tell them to leave right now. Just leave. Leave in Jesus' name. It might have came in with you, but right now we don't allow it to remain here. In Jesus' name, we take authority over unclean spirits that harass God's people. In Jesus' name, we command healing now to come into this room by virtue of heaven because you are blood-bought, born again, filled of the Spirit. You're entitled to healing. It is the children's bread. If you have sickness in your body, stand them up. Stand them up. Stand him up. Stand him up. Right now, stand up. If you have sickness or ailment in your body, stand up and command healing right now. Just stop playing with the devil right now and command healing. I command the healing virtue of the Lord to come into every Every cell, organ, and tissue of my body, I will not tolerate it. I will not stand idly by and permit it to harass me in Jesus' name. I declare you are the Lord of all, all things possible. No level of cancer, you can't heal. No, no depression, you can't live. God, we declare you are more than able, and we will not, we will not lower the standard of the word of the living God to accommodate our circumstance or our situation we declare you are the healer you are the same yesterday today and forever you did it then you will do it now you will do it for our children we declare all of our children are coming back 
to the Lord. We call them back now. We call them back. Come on. I call them back now. Caleb, Jeremiah, Precious, Masi, all of my children. All I, I call you home in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that's done. Now, thank you for being at Church on the North Coast. So glad you're here today. God's going to do something amazing. That's what you got to do. Don't Mickey Mouse around with stuff. Don't play with it. He said, I'll give you authority to take up snakes and drink poison. And, 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 here, and here, I don't want us to be deceived anymore. Listen, we got to start doing this more. If you feel a spirit... You tell that spirit to get out, get out of here. Get out of here. Get off me. Get off my family. Get off my marriage. Get off my children. Spirits are real, man. Spirits are real. You pick them up, you know, like dirty laundry. You know, you wear them around with you. But you got to command them to go. Jesus said you will command, you will command spirits to go. Hey, that's what you'll get as a child of God. And when you, and you feel that spirit of heaviness, don't you toy with it. Don't you be easy on it. You step into that. You say, you want to fight? You want to fight? Come on. Come on. The Lord, here's what David said. Here's what David said. He said, the Lord prepares my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He's not playing. But it's the presence. He didn't say my dad... He didn't say my dad prepared me for that. He didn't say my pastor prepared me for that. He said the presence of Jesus prepares me to do battle against the enemy. We fight not against flesh and blood, but spirits and powers and principalities of darkness. And he has equipped us and made us victorious in Jesus Christ. So I think I was taking the offering. I just want to say thank you again. <laughs> I don't want to sweat today. I promised. I, I Lord, I said, I'm not going to sweat today. I'm not, my knees will not sweat today in Jesus' name. All right? So let's receive the offering. Thank you for giving. I just want to encourage you to continue to support what God's doing. That, that, that spirit of freedom... Everyone must know it. Everyone must know it. October 27th, we have a trip to hell. A trip to hell is a, is a presentation of hell on earth, but Jesus revealed in every circumstance. Uh, we forget that, that some of our family is not familiar, are not familiar with a trip to hell. It, a, it used to be an outdoor uh, presentation we used to do years ago where we would walk thousands upon thousands of people through the wilderness in through these scenes where we would we would present these these scenarios of hell on earth and uh, we we lost our our woods so we don't have the ability to take them outside but this year we we felt like well you know what we should do it inside and we had this really cool idea to save souls and and let me just say this too um there's not, a, there's not a day on the, calendar, on the calendar that belongs to the devil. 
Not one day belongs to him. So we can just stop, you know, like, so what I'm going to do is take that, that day, Halloween, and I'm going to flip it on him. And we're going to bring people into the kingdom to, be, to meet Jesus because not one day, not one day belongs to the devil. Stop surrendering October 31st to the enemy. Uh, should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Nope. Uh, but that's, don't get mad at me, but that's another conversation for another day. But let me just... <laughs> okay, so let's receive the offering before you get mad and decide you're not going to give. I mean, come on, come on. Come on. Hey, if you're watching online, like and share. Let's do this. Come on. Hold it up before the Lord. I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about that in a podcast or something. I ain't got time to talk about that right now. I ain't got time to talk about that right now. Amen. Let's bless it. Come on. I just want to bless what you sow today. And and I want to command heaven to come to it. Amen. And I declare, as you sow it, you sow it natural, but you reap heaven. Can you believe that? Come on. Now, now just as you hold that up in the air, just just. Just ask God for heaven. Ask God for heaven for your children, for your marriage, for, for your city, for your job. Just ask God for heaven now. Don't sow it without an, without an expectation of a revelation of Jesus coming to your life. That's what we want. We don't want, we don't want money. We don't want things. We want the revelation of Christ to be in our life. So I pray the revelation of heaven, of Jesus, upon every seed sown today. It goes into the ground natural. But, but Lord, you said, my kingdom come, my will be done on the earth as it is heaven. We declare on the earth revelation of Jesus right now with this seed we sow in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, so as you receive that, I, I want to take the time to bring uh, Pastors Marlon and Michelle to the center here. And I know, I, I know that, uh, um, they, that you did pastor appreciation last week for them, or the week before. Was it last week? It was last week, but I wasn't here last week. Uh, yeah, so I, I just want to put them up in the middle so I can say nice things about them. And uh, so... Um, uh, we, we, we give our pastors uh, one month uh, of the year where we say thank you to them, and actually we only do it one day, uh, uh, to be honest. Uh, it is a thankless job, but I really, I really wanted to, and, and I'm trying to do this uh, more in my life as I, as I get older, as I get more mature, uh, uh, I'm trying to express value to people uh, with my words, and I cannot begin to express the value of these two individuals to the region Pastor Michelle said something in passing one time we were having a conversation we often go away together uh, my wife and I and, and, and the two of them and she said it and she it impacted me so deeply and it just, you know, if you listen to people, you'll, 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 you'll see what they say. And we were just having casual conversation, and I think I was complaining about something. I, I, I think I was frustrated about something. And, and uh, she said, uh, and I, I couldn't get the words out, and, and she, she finished my sentence. She, she said, you just want them to care. And, and I said, yes, I just want people to care about what God cares about and care about God's people. And she finished my sentence, and, she, and in doing so, she, she revealed her heart. I, I want to say thank you to the two of you for loving each other, for fighting for the covenant of love. It means a lot. 
that you fight through, all the enemies, all the reasons to give up that you fight. I want to thank you for fighting for God's people. You fight when you're frustrated. You fight when you're hurt. You, you preached. You preached. Not, not, not four days after or three days. Not, not, not less than a week after. You, you warred for God's people. I want to say thank you for fighting. I, th- I thank you for the sacrifices you make that nobody sees. I thank you for the times that you go up into the dark cloud of the Lord and you go there alone, you go there hurt, you go there bleeding, and nobody knows because you don't want to weaken any of us. But I see it, and I say thank you. I thank you for the support and the love you've shown me and my wife. Marlon, I know, I know that Michelle is your miracle. And I know that he's your miracle, but he's mine. God brought him to me. We, we grew up together since third grade. And I see the hand of, of God, the providence of God on your life and how he's moving. And, and I see the purity that you'll never take that pulpit before you go to the throne of God. I thank you both for that. So as an expression of love on this, on this one Sunday, I give you some more flowers. And, 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 and then I give you these gift cards as an expression of love, as if, as if it could possibly communicate the level of love and appreciation we have. Could you please stand to your feet and honor these two pastors. We love you. I love you with all of my heart, and I bless you. Thank you, sister. Thank you, my brother. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now Marlon has to go preach at another place because that's what we do on Sundays. Uh, most Most of the people get ready for the Browns. We get up early, and we hit the road to preach at different locations and bring the gospel Uh, to the world. So I'm just so thankful for both of them, and I'm glad that I sent that text message that day, Michelle. I sent a text message. We were having lunch some years ago, and we were out to lunch with Michelle, and I bumped into Marlon, and and, uh, we're having, having, she said, I'm single. I said, really? I got a friend who's single. And I took a picture of her right there, and I sent that picture to Marlon. I said, what do you think of this? He said, I think, I think, I think I want to meet her. And the rest is history. The rest is history. So, yeah. glad, glad I sent that text message. Take your Bible. Go with me to John 8. John 8, verse 31 to 32. Uh, as we get started, let me say this. I want you to take notes today, and as you take notes, I want you to pray over the notes this week. The presence of the Lord is never up for interpretation. The presence of Jesus never needs interpretation.
He said in this passage, said to the Jews that believed in him, those that believed. So I want you to see that he's talking to you and me. He's talking to believers. And this is what he said. It might be probably some of the most profound words you'll, you'll ever read. Uh, there's a few passages in the Bible that just captivate me and keep me forever. And I think I could, I could muse upon them indefinitely. This being one of them, he said, if, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. I really want to stop there and talk about that, but I won't. But I'll just say this, so I will a little bit, but I'll just say this, that you're not a Christian. You, never, you were never supposed to be a Christian. You were supposed to be a disciple. Disciples keep changing, keep learning. If we're going to change into the fullness of the image of Christ, then we must be very comfortable living a life of repentance. Because it, repentance is required to change, to grow. We must never be comfortable living in pretense. He said, I feel the arms of Esau, but I hear the voice of Jacob. There was pretense that there was a lie. There was, there, was, there was a patriarch living a lie to manipulate what would only come through authentic relationship with Jesus. So never, ever allow yourself to be comfortable Tomorrow, where you were today, you're a disciple. He said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And here's where it gets interesting. And you shall know the, you shall know the truth. And truth will do what? So if there is no abiding in the word then there will be a tendency to believe the lie. And if you cannot interpret the lie, then the result of entertaining lies is bondage. Because if truth leads to freedom, then lies lead to captivity. And Jesus said, there's no way to be free. You can't get this with a one-time trip to the altar. Freedom. We've lied to people. 
We've told people that they could go to a class of deliverance and be set free. But what we should have told them is the only way you can maintain and sustain freedom in your life is through the the abiding of God's Word. So the, the abiding. Now, abiding means this. It means to, to live in, to rest in. And I'm going to give you a, defini- a definition for it. Every one of us live in one of two realities as believers. Everyone in here. You choose one of two realities that you, you live in as a believer. You, you either live in the reality of Christ or you live in the reality of this world. Well, the Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. But we are locked within time also. So for the believer, there must be a reality that we choose to dwell in that is in Christ. If we... so. So, Jesus says, make me your first reality. This is what Jesus is saying here. And it means to live, to, to abide means to live in the word and the person of Jesus until he becomes your first reality. To abide in the word, now here. Many of us will take the words. See, you cannot have the word of Jesus without the person of Jesus. If you have the words of Jesus and you don't have the person of Jesus, what you'll do is you'll misinterpret his word. You ever have somebody send you a text and you misinterpret the tone of the text, and you thought, did they really just say it like that to me? Did you really just say that to me, homie? You really just came at me like that? And they wasn't saying that at all. You know what I mean? No, that's not what I meant. Because the text can be misinterpreted. But if we sit at the table together, Pastor Ron, if we're sitting at the table together, face to face, person to person, it is very hard for me to misinterpret what you said. And the Bible tells us that the word and the person of Jesus are the same. You open the book of John and you will see 
Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh, dwelt among us. He was the Word, is the Word. Just read and you will see that the Word and the person of Jesus can never be separated. Now, if you try to separate the Word and the person of Jesus, you say, I'm going to live by the words of Jesus, and then you go ahead and you try to interpret the Word of Jesus without the presence of Jesus, you will hurt people. Because your carnal man will use his word for your benefit. Your carnal man will twist what he said to make it fit you and to make it, to make it uh, uh, benefit you in every situation. You will use the word of God like a sword against your own brothers and sisters. You'll take it out of context and you won't care. You'll say, yeah, but the Word says. And you ever hear somebody wield the Word of God without the Spirit of God? Don't, don't, you know, like, this is why the presence of Jesus must accompany the Word of Jesus. This is why the presence of Jesus must fill, His robe must fill the temple. And we must not go anywhere until his robe fills the temple, until it's so, till it's so full in here, till his presence saturates the pews and lays on our hearts and, and lays on our, our minds. We must have the presence of God. We can't just sing songs. We need your presence, God. I don't, we're not here to sing songs. We just ain't Beyonce and them. We're here, we're here to sing Jesus. So you don't want me to preach until his presence is felt in the room. You don't want somebody to talk until Christ enters the room and saturates, until you feel the oil. Nobody move, everybody stay still until there's some oil on what we're doing. So we can't do it in 15 minutes, you know what I mean? That can't happen in 15 minutes. Sometimes it takes a minute to cast some stuff off of it. Sometimes it takes a minute. We got to sit in the outer court for a minute, get rid of some stuff. We come into the inner court for a minute, then we got to get rid of some more stuff. Before we go into the holies of holies, we got work to do before we get, we just can't, we just can't start preaching without the oil. We just can't start singing. We, just, we need the oil. We need, we, need, we need people that want prayer more than they want a pulpit, man. I don't care if you got a word. Tell me, tell me, let me see some presence enter the place. I need his presence. I'm not about, I don't care about talking. I don't care about talking. I care about his presence. Jesus, I need your presence. I'm about to get up here and talk and make myself look goofy without you. I need you. Miserable without you. So we need Jesus. And Jesus said, you must make me your first reality. Yeah, but but, but, but pastor, you don't know what the doctor said. No, no, no. Look, you're living from here to there. Jesus said, I want you to live from here to that. Jesus said, I want you to, if you must come out and they force you to come out, you come out with so much of that, that that's your reality. And when people start talking crazy, you're like, I 
don't, I, I don't even understand what you're saying. You're saying I got stage what? No, no, no. I, let me, I'm going back in. I'm going back in. I don't got time to listen to that nonsense. I'm staying in Jesus. He said, you must make me your first reality. I must be your first reality. And he said, why can't? Why can't? Pastor, why can't I quit? Why can't I stop? Why, why can't I quit looking at it, drinking it? Why can't I stop going there? Why, why can't I stop? Because you want a visitation, not a habitation. And until you make Jesus, until we make Jesus our habitation, we will struggle. We will struggle. We will always live with this being our reality. I'm only human. I'm only flesh and blood. What can I do? How can I overcome these thoughts? How can I overcome these temptations? How can I do it? Let me tell you about a man named Enoch. Said he walked with God and was not, so God took him. He walked with God in, in here. He, he was able to live so in the presence of the Lord that God looked down and said, you ain't never there. You're always here. Let me just bring you up here. So if Enoch could do it without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, you can do it too. You can do it too. Let me just read some scriptures for you. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. The reason we make this reality our first reality is because we don't realize that this is a dead reality. That your life is no, you don't have nothing to do out here. There's no life out here. I have been crucified with Christ, and the, li the life I now live, I live in Jesus. Sorry, world, I don't live in you. No, I might be in you, but I don't live there. I might be down here, but my habitation is in Jesus. Who so I'm crucified. You're dead. I want you. To, you should just write that down. Troy's dead. You, Troy's dead. His, his desires are dead. And the only way he can convince you to, 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 to mess around in the mud puddles of this world is if you're trying to resurrect the dead you. He said, I've been crucified, Paul did. Romans 13, 14 says, put on Jesus and make no provision for the... You ever make provision for your flesh? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But Paul said, don't, don't make provision. How do you make provision? You, you, you prepare for it one night. It's a terrible story. I'm going to share it with you anyway. One night is about midnight. And, uh, and uh, I, think, uh, I think there was a women's event going on or something. There was something going on. I don't know. And Martha lives up the road from me. Pastor Marlon is up the road from me, and it's about midnight, and uh, my flesh wanted some donuts. 
You know I love a good donut. I love a donut. My flesh wanted a donut. It was midnight. It's midnight, y'all. It was midnight. But my flesh earlier in the day started making provision for a donut. Wasn't nothing I could do. I thought about that donut all day. It was on my mind. I, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I tried to go back in here, but then the donut would pull me back out here. I said, come on, get this donut, get this donut. And man, a don't, uh, uh, the flesh will wake you up in the middle of the night. What the flesh wants, the flesh wants because you spent too much time dwelling in the world. Now the desires of the world are so alive in you that they're waking you up. They won't let you sleep. So, so I got in my truck at midnight. Yep, got in my truck at midnight. Nobody was home. I don't know where everybody was. I forget. But, but I knew at that point, man, I could go get me a donut and nobody would eat. I can go get me. I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get one donut neither. I was getting a bag of, a bag of old donuts. I was getting a bag of donuts. Went in. Went in, got in my truck, went down to the, to the, to the gas station down there. It's one of those gas stations where you can get everything. A t-shirt, Cadillac, you get, you know, ironing board, you know, you know what I'm saying? They got, man, a love. You ever been in a love's gas station? Man, a love's is where it's at, man. You can get it, you can get sausage, you can get like beef jerky, you, 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 you get barbecue, you get boiled peanuts, like, it's nothing you can't get at these places. So I knew they had some donuts, so I got, I went and got my donuts, and I, look, 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 y'all, I was in line getting these donuts middle of the night. I'm like, ain't nobody, nobody gonna catch me. It's, it's midnight, it's midnight. Sitting in line, guy in front of me with my donuts, and I hear the door open, ding! I don't even look because I don't care because I really don't want to look, you know. But out of the corner of my eye, I kind of noticed the profile. And I thought, that cannot be who I think it is. There's no way that is who I think it is. I didn't look over. I just sat there. And then for a minute, I heard the, I heard the refrigerator, the ice cream refrigerator door open over there. And I saw the man turn and he, and he stopped and he froze. And then out of the corner of my eye, I said, no, it can't be. And I look over and there is Pastor Marlin holding a half a gallon of ice cream at midnight at the same gas station I said come on over here let's pay for your ice cream and my donuts and let's get out of here before somebody sees us Now, I know you never did that. I know you never got up middle of the night cooked you up something nice you know I know I know you never surrendered to the desires of this world but Paul encourages us Say, make no provision. How do you make no provision? The only way to make no provision is to get in and don't come out. Get in and don't come out. Stay in Jesus and don't come out. There's a scripture here. I'll read that for you. So, So, here's what I want you to know. Pastor Mike. Now, go into Jesus. Go in there. Don't come out. Now, here's what here's what I want to encourage you to do. You you get in there, get all the way in too. That's important. You get all the way in. You can't be in the window, man. There was this kid. There was this. This kid in Acts 19 fell out the window. He was half in, half out, fell out the window, died, had to be resurrected. We don't want that to happen to you. Stay in there. Stay all the way in Jesus. Now, now here's what's going to happen to you, church. Here's what's going to happen. No doubt some stuff's going to come knocking at your door. When you get into Jesus, trouble's going to come knocking. 
It's going to come knocking. There's, there's going to be some, some, some sickness that's going to come knocking. And that sickness, I want you to know that that sickness that comes knocking, the only remedy for the sickness that comes knocking is the healing that you bring out of Jesus. There's sickness knocking. It says, hey, the doctor's report said that you got this, this report. This is the doctor's report. So you poke your head out and you say what to it? Get out of here. Because that's your first reality. If, there, if there's trouble in your home, your kid's going through things. Listen, let's not overreact to what, to what happens to our children. But let's not underreact. Let's just stay in Jesus, right? Your kids, hey, you, your kids are acting crazy. What are you going to do? Kids get into Jesus. You're going to bring them into Jesus. Your, your kids, you must pull your kids into Jesus. Come on out here for a minute. When your kids start acting crazy, I need to come, come here, come here. Your kids start acting crazy. They start acting crazy. Start acting crazy. <laughs> ah! ah! She's acting crazy. You're acting crazy. Come here, come here. And you, what you do is you bring them in there with you. Just bring them into Jesus. She starts acting crazy again. She says, no, 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 get back in here. You're not done. You're just staying here. She starts acting crazy, wants a boyfriend. No, 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 get back in here. She starts acting crazy, you know, just starts talking bad and mouthy. Get back in the presence of Jesus. You don't let them out. You don't let them out. What we do is, what we do as parents is we make accommodation. We like, we try to, we try to like, we like, we like trying to make a contract with the world. Because you got to fight, you got to fight to stay in Jesus. Because trouble's coming, man. Trouble's coming. It's going to knock at your door. Trouble's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And when it comes, you got to make sure that your first reality is the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus. The peace that's found in Jesus. The truth that's found in Jesus. The way that's found only in Jesus. You can't, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. You can't find the way, the truth, and the life out here. There's only one source for the way, the truth, and the life. That's those who are in Christ Jesus. You got to stay in. You got to stay in. Say, stay in. I'm staying in. I'm staying in. I'm staying in the presence of Jesus. Now, look, 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 man. This world is, this world is raggedy. This world is raggedy. This world. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is not a real fight. This is a real fight. To stay in Jesus is a real fight because there will be things that will make you want to walk in your flesh. You'll be like, I'm going to come out of him for just a minute and punch you in the throat. <laughs> you know you've been there. Your kids will make you want to drop kick them. I remember why my son called me from Arizona one time talking crazy. I said, I came out of Jesus. I said, I'm coming. To, I'm coming. And when I get there, you better be ready for all of this. I told him, I swear, I swear before God. I said, I'm coming, son. And when I get there, I'm going to see how big that mouth is. And we're going to see if that, if that alligator tail can back up your, that, that alligator mouth. We're going to see. And I was talking crazy. My wife came in and caught me. 
She said, you better get back in there. You're talking crazy. I had to take myself back in there. I said, Jesus, I repent. I'm sorry. I repent. Repentance brings you back in. This is why we must repent often. Because repentance keeps you in the presence. Pride, pride will push you out of the presence. Pride will push you into the world. Pride will make you carnal and say, I can do this without him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to enjoy doing this without him. And then I will go to him later and ask for forgiveness. Oh, that's not in you? It's in every man in here. It's in every man in here. And the only answer for every man ego and strength and fury the only way it is the only way it is used for righteousness is if we find ourselves back into the presence of Jesus because if we don't we'll abuse our wife we'll abuse our children we'll manipulate this world we'll take and take and take we have to find the presence so what must happen for every believer is we must get to the point to where we spend so much time in him that when something does pull you out, when something pulls you out, because something's going to pull you out. It's going to pull you out. And when it pulls you out, Pastor Ron, come pull me out. When, 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 when something pulls you out and you say, I don't want to go, it's, but it, it pulls you out. You have to have been in there long enough that there's glory on you. You got you to gotta get in there long enough that when you come out, Jesus is falling out your pockets, coming out your mouth, falling out your mind. You gotta, you, your mind must be so saturated in him that you, don't, that you don't feel at home in this world and the situation that's in front of you, even though it's challenging to you, you ain't got nothing for it but him. You ain't got nothing for it but the reality you come from. All I got for you, doctor, is the word of the Lord. All I got for you, attorney is the word of the Lord all I got for you people who are offended is the word of the Lord I've been in there too long I don't even know how to think like the world anymore you got to fight it's a fight get in front of there get in front of Jesus you're gonna have to fight you gotta fight. You gotta fight. You gotta fight. You, you, you gotta fight. Not against flesh and blood. But powers and principalities. And the only way you win is if you find your way in, man. You gotta get in. You, you, you gotta fight to get in. Now, every demon, every demon in this world is gonna try to keep you out. But you gotta run and you gotta find your way in. You gotta run. You say, it comes to you and the report comes and the offense comes and the bitterness comes and the trauma comes and all of that comes to you. You gotta run back, man. You gotta find your way back and you gotta fight for it. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be a fight. 
It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight to keep your marriage together. It's going to be a fight to get your kids out of bed and get them to church. It's going to be a fight. But you can't win until you get into the presence of the Lord. You must find your way into the presence of the Lord. And if you'll fight hard enough, you'll find victory in the presence of the Lord. That's where your victory is. I got news for this world. Your victory is not found in psychology. Your victory is not found in your politics. Your victory is not found in your intelligence. Victory, oh sweet victory, is only found in the cross of a, of a, of a, on the cross, the bloodstained cross of a risen Savior. It's found in Christ. And I want to encourage you to fight to stay in. you got to fight and you got to make a covenant to say, I'm staying in. And if I'm forced to come out, I come out with so much heaven on me, so much glory on my face. Moses went up. And when he came back down, they couldn't look at him. I want you to know it's possible to live in this world and to have so much of him on you that the, that the world can't stand you. The world won't want you because you got too much of him on you. If you just get into his presence, his presence will get on you, man. His presence will get so on you that they won't cuss in front of you no more. His presence will get on you. That the conviction of the Lord will, will tell your kids. It'll make your kids put it down. It'll make your kids come out of that and come out of that and come home to the Father. If you get it on you. If you get it on you, He'll get it off you. If you get it on you. you got to fight though. you got to fight for His presence. And you got to fight for fellowship. You have to fight for fellowship. Don't you tell me a church doesn't matter. Don't you tell me that the people you hang out with don't matter. I'm tired of hearing this. I'm tired of empty pews. When the world's going to hell, we're on the precipice of, of a nuclear war. We, we can't figure out what bathroom to use. And you're telling me that the, word, that the answer is at the Cleveland Brown Stadium? Come on with that, man. Come on with that. Don't you tell me that a blood-bought, born-again church living holy before God can't make a difference in this world. Don't you tell me that. Abraham went to God. On behalf of Sodom, Abraham went to God. And he said, God, if I find 50, will you spare Sodom? He said, yes, Abraham, if you find 50, I'll spare this sin-soaked world of the wrath that is to come. If you'll just find 50. He went out looking, came back, said, how about if I find 40? Will you do it for 40? God said, I'll do it for 40. Just go find me 40. He couldn't find 40. He came back, how about 30? God said, I'll do it for 30. Couldn't find 30. Came back, how about for 20? I'll do it for 20. If you just find 20. I'll, I'll, I'll forgive him. How about 10, God? How about if you just find a tenth? Just get, if I find a tenth, God, will you spare the world? So don't you tell me 
This little church on a hill up here, full of faith in God, praying and crying out to the heavens, rending the heavens. Don't you tell me that it doesn't mean nothing to this world. God said, if you'll go find, if you'll go find a church, just a little bitty church, if you'll just find a church that will believe for the promises of God, that will believe for the redemption and the restoration of mankind, if you'll just go find a church, I'll spare the world. I'll spare your children. I'll spare. I'll spare your uncles, your, your aunts. I'll spare them. So don't you tell me that the church and that church attendance, your fellowship doesn't matter. It's time to separate ourselves from this world. It's time to sever ties from anybody that doesn't, that doesn't push you into the presence of the Lord. you got to sift through your friends and you got to figure out who takes me to the presence, who takes me to the king, man. I'm not interested in having friends. I'm interested in people who know how to take me to the king. When I'm sick, when I'm sick, brother, take me to the king. Take me to the king. Take me to, but I don't want to. I want to go to the doctor. No, no, you take me to the king. I don't need friends that take me to the bar. I need friends that take me to the feet of the king. You don't need friends that take you to comfort, that agree with you. You need friends. You need fellowship that knows the presence of the king. Your children don't need these school systems anymore. I'm sorry to tell you. Your children don't need these school systems anymore. They need fellowship that indoctrinates them. With the word of the king. So you gotta fight for fellowship. You gotta fight for it. You gotta fight for it. Because every devil in hell will stand at the gates to keep you out of him. And you need friends that will bust open the windows, knock down the ceiling. Lower you in the front of Jesus when your moment comes. Fight for fellowship. Fight for a word. Look. You're going to wake up some days and you're going to have to fight for it. Some days you're just going to have to say, I'm not touching a day until I touch a word. And you have to fight for a word. And words, you can't get, now I'm not talking about, don't read this thing and be like, okay, that's the one I'm gonna take with me today. No, no, you, you fight through, you fight through the knowing of the logos until the presence of the logo shows up and gives you a word in season. You're gonna have to fight for it. Because heaven and earth will pass away. But God said, Jesus said, but my word, it will never fail you. And you don't need an old word. You need a word right now for what you're going through. So there's some days you're going to have to wake up. And even though you've done it the same every day for, for, for just as long as you've been alive, you're going to have to fight for a right now word. You're going to have to push through the boredom. You have to push through the, the, the you know, like I don't want to's. The, the, I, can't, I don't have time to's. I'm going to ask you, man, as your pastor, I'm going to ask you to contend for a word. Don't go to work. They don't need you at work unless you've got a word. Why was you late? I didn't have a word. And trust me, you don't want me here without a word from God. I come in here without a word. I'm going to give you my word. So you need me to have a word from him more than you need me to be on time. 
Get a word. Fight for it. And then lastly, you have to fight through. You have to fight through your feelings. You're just going to have to know that most of the time, you're not going to feel it. How many have been saved long enough to know that, that you just, you know, you can't listen to what your feelings say? If I listened to what my feelings said, I wouldn't be standing here. I'd be washed up somewhere, if me in prison or dead, if I went by what I felt. <laughs> there'd be a lot of people, there'd be a lot of people dead too. I'm not kidding you. Like, like the rage is real. Like, Jacob's still in there. And the only way Jacob turns to Israel is if I fight for presence. I can't, I can't miss presence. I have, to, I have to fight through it. I don't care what I feel like. I got to get up and I got to go. So you got to fight for it. And it's a fight. I remember when my good friend pastor, Pastor Greg Ball, he's my pastor now. He's my pastor now. And I remember when he was hanging between heaven and earth. He was in the, it was in the middle of the fight of his life. And I remember telling God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep my mind in prayer for, the, for my, my brother. He was my brother at the time. I said, I'm going to pray, and I'm not coming out of prayer. And I fought. I fought. For three days, I fought to stay in prayer. The moment my mind would drift, I pulled it back and I'd start praying. The moment my mind would drift, I'd fight. I said, no, 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 Greg is the healer of the Lord. And, and then one day, I was, I was praying, and I went, to, I, went, I went to pick up my daughter from, from elementary school. And I walked in, and I was praying. You know, I was praying underneath my breath. I was in Jesus' name. I declare healing in Jesus' name. I declare healing. And I, and I got my daughter, and I'm walking back. And I, <clears throat> I was driving my wife's minivan. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I don't understand. We shouldn't allow minivans or electric cars. <clears throat> anyway. I, 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 why? Why? But I was driving my wife's gray minivan. It was a Dodge 2005 Dodge Caravan. <clears throat> I was driving it. Right? And so, and so I parked it, and I went in, and I didn't realize how many people have a 2005 gray Dodge minivan, right? So I parked that car right there, and I went in and got my daughter. And I'm in the third realm. I'm in the third heavens praying. I'm praying. I'm like, Jesus, I declare. Jesus, I declare. And I walked up to that car. I walked up to that car. I, forgot, I didn't even see where my daughter was. I just opened the door to that car, and I just went to sit down, and I almost sat on a woman. I, I went. I opened the door. I was like, oh, oh, oh. I said, and I was praying. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I, I'm sorry. I was praying. And I'm sure she was confused by what I was doing but, but I was I was so I was so in Jesus that I lost all touch all sense of I wasn't aware of what was happening around me I was more aware of what was happening in me and through me and I tell you there's a way to get there but you got to fight for it you got to fight for it. Come on, let's stand as we close today. And as we close today, I want to invite you to ask yourself these, these four questions every day. These four questions every day, I want to invite you.
that'll keep you. I believe these questions, if you ask yourself these questions, they'll keep you in Jesus. Number one, what is Jesus? I ask myself, Jesus, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me today? Not yesterday. Not like, not about tomorrow. What are you saying to me right now today? What are you saying to me? Wake up and ask yourself that question. Number two, check your spiritual vitals by asking yourself, where am I? Ask yourself that. Where, Troy, where are you? Are you in, are you in Christ? Or are you in the world? Where's your, where are you? Where you been spending your time, Troy? Are you in him? If you're in him, cool. If not, get in him. But ask yourself, where am I? Jesus or the world? We got used to doing this in our homes. How many have a, like, you're used to, to doing this? When I'm driving, I, I say this all the time. I'll send a text message. I'll say, hey, hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Hey, hey, Siri. Can you do this? Or, or, or when I'm home, I'll go, Alexa. Turn on the light. Alexa, do this. Alexa, and she'll answer. I want to condition yourself. So all throughout the day, just say, hey, Jesus. Hey, hey, Jesus. Jesus. Just call out his name all throughout the day. Jesus. Jesus, I, I, I just, my son. <laughs> we at the store yesterday. He said, I got I to gotta poop. Six. I got a poop. I said, okay. So I take him in. I take him in, and, and you know, it's, it's a men's restroom. Like we're in a public place. It's a men's restroom. So I said, Masi, I'm gonna go outside, and you know, and so I go outside, and I'm out there, and uh, the next thing I know, I hear, Daddy, Daddy. So I come, I'm walking in, and you know, there's people in there. And I said, What's up, buddy? He said, Oh, nothing. I just wanted to see if you was close. He was up in the shower the other day, and, Pre- and Becca was down running, doing stuff, doing fold clothes. She said, you hear him up there screaming, Mom! Mom! She goes running up. We both go running up. What? What's the matter? Nothing. I just wanted to see where you were. How about you do that with Jesus? Jesus! Jesus! He comes running. What? I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure I was close to you. I just, want, I just wanted to to close the distance between the two of us. And then, fourth, what you doing today? Ask yourself, what, what you doing today, Troy? What you doing? We're so, we're so bent. We, so, we have such a lean to create our own lives and ask Jesus to center around us. We're like, no, no, no Jesus, this is what I'm doing today. And, and could you just, could you just, you know, just kind of circle around me while I do what I'm doing today? And I think we need to adjust that and ask ourselves, hey, what you doing today, Troy? Are you doing, is Jesus the center or are you the center? Who is the center? Everybody say, I want to do this, I want to do that. How about we all just find out what Jesus is doing and we start doing that? Because when we do that, we know that we stay in Him. We start doing our own thing. We start going our own way. We start, you know, no, no. What's you doing today? Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you.
for everyone here today. Everyone here today. I just want you to pray this prayer. I'm not coming out. Come on, just say it to him. I'm not coming out, Jesus. I'm staying in fellowship in the church. I'm staying in your word. And I'm staying in your presence. Your presence is my home. Jesus, right now, just I pray for those. I feel a little bit lost right now. I pray, I pray over this church right now. A shift. A shift in reality. There's a reality shift coming to you. You're shifting. The presence. Presence is going to become so dominating in your life. I pray the reality of Jesus is your primary reality. Your first reality is Christ. Your second reality, now you're shifting. Your second reality is this world and your problems and your circumstances and your feelings and your pain and your sorrow. That's a second reality. The first reality is Jesus. The first reality is Jesus. Now just go ahead and surrender to it. I will make Jesus my first reality and this world will be second. So it doesn't matter if sickness from this world tries to come to me. My reality is that by his stripes I'm healed. It doesn't matter if this world brings me chaos. He is the king of peace. I live in peace. I dwell in peace. It doesn't matter if I don't have the answers now. He knows all things. He works all things for his good. It doesn't matter what this world brings me, what sorrow, what trouble, what hopelessness. He is the prince of peace. He has all hope. He has. He is victorious. I live victorious in Jesus. I pray now. You don't know Christ. You're in this room. You don't know Christ. Just between you and Jesus right now. You must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit to know heaven and to bring heaven. You must know Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you're in this room, you want to give your heart to Christ. He makes all things new, washes away all sin. Make that decision now. There's no middle road. You walk out that door today, born again, blood-bought, going to heaven, bringing heaven, or you walk out that door condemned to go to a hell that was never created for you. No two ways about it. Jesus, pray this prayer with me if you want to receive Jesus. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sin. Come into my heart. I repent. I change my mind. I give my heart to you. Take my life now and use it all for your glory. Not me, but you, God. Be glorified. Be glorified with my life. In Jesus' name, I pray for children right now. Children right now. 
I pray for children right now. They are the inheritance of the Lord. I declare a spirit of confusion to be broken over our children. I declare safety and protection over the children and the inheritance of the Lord. I declare that they are coming home to Christ. The Father standing waiting for them. I declare them. I see them coming. I see them coming, God. Holy Spirit, go now arrest their hearts with deep conviction until they cannot sleep, until they cannot get rest, until they come home to the Father. We declare them come home to the Father. I declare turn the hearts of our children to the Father. And now turn the hearts of the children to the Father. And now, Father, turn the hearts of fathers to the children. Turn the hearts of fathers to their children. Awake, awake, O oh sleeper. I rebuke sickness and disease. It doesn't belong to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? Well, as you can tell, I didn't have anywhere to go today because it's 11.50. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Hey, if you gave your heart to Christ today or if you want prayer, our altars are open. We want to pray for you. God bless you. Go Browns. I doubt they'll win, but, you know, go Browns anyway. You know what I mean? God bless you.